again, and welcome to the Laundromat Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Radke. like to welcome to the show, owner of Liberty Laundry and Dry Cleaning in Peterborough, New Hampshire, Matt Zanicola. Hey, Randy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We've, we've chatted previous. You're sort of a newcomer to the industry. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, I am. I mean, in relative terms, uh, I'm, I'm a new guy, uh, only two and a half years in the industry, but um, loving it, you know, liking every minute of it and learning a whole lot every single day. But uh, single store right now, like you said, in New Hampshire and um, doing everything I can, really. Why laundromat business? I know you probably went through the the list of, of possible businesses. What what attracted you to laundromats? Yeah, I looked at a few things, um, even rental properties and stuff like that a few years ago. And um, then the real estate crisis hit and other things kind of scared me away. But I like laundromats, you know. I've never really minded doing laundry as a chore. It's always been sort of meditative for me. So I, I to this day, I continue to do it around the house. But um, yeah, you know, I like the business model. It's, just, it's like just enough tech, you know, to be the techie that I am inside. And um in addition to that, you know, there's a whole lot of sort of customer service elements to it. So um, it's it's sort of the things that I enjoy. Everybody's got an opinion about the business. Uh, you you decide a couple of years back that you want to get into laundromats. What do friends and family say when when you say I'm I'm opening a laundromat? <laughs> well, even my wife was shocked. We went out to breakfast shortly before I acquired the business and uh, uh, with a couple friends, and she looked at them and said, "Well." Uh, Matt's considering buying a laundromat business. So, sweetie, tell him what the likelihood is you're about to do this. And I said 80, and she goes, uh-oh, that means it's going to happen. I said, why, what did you <laughs> – I said, what what percentage did you think? And she said, oh, more like 20, 25. So everybody, including the people that have known me, you know, almost my entire life have, have were taken aback by sort of the uh, significant switch, uh, you know. Uh, move to to laundry laundry industry. They didn't. It didn't either quite add up for them, or they didn't know I'd thinking it, been thinking about it for a while. So, do you find that that people generally don't understand or don't really have a vision of the technology involved? They they picture that that Matt's down there with five gallon buckets collecting quarters and and uh, dumping them back in and and spending hours and hours doing that. You know they do. I think there's a stereotype with the industry that. Folks sort of have this notion in their head of, I think, laundromats of yesteryear, you know, probably 80s, 90s era. And just like you're saying, right, all coin, older machines, you know, not the cleanest facilities, uh, certainly not hospital clean or, you know, gleaming, shiny, spotless clean um, type places. And um, so I, I just think that that notion of what a laundromat is, is sort of difficult in people's minds, you know, to sort of get beyond maybe. I think that's part of the challenge, actually, you know, for those of us sort of pushing forward with, with the technical aspects and, and with the sort of higher standards. Is that one of the things that pulled you in? Like, would you be in this business had you not seen the technology? You know, that's, that's a really good question. I, I think maybe, but maybe not. I, you know, I've had, you know, since coming in to, you know, only two years ago, I, I had the vantage point of seeing sort of what's going on with, you know, the tech moving forward. And so had I jumped in a little earlier, I don't think I might have made that connection because solutions are at least evolved solutions where they are now would not have been available. So, I mean, that's a really good question. 
I, I think I may have just because the other elements that I do like about it and I, I do believe in the business model. So I would have to say there's some chance, but it certainly wouldn't be my efforts and my sort of vision wouldn't be what they are today. Yeah, for sure. You bought an existing location. Tell me about what this looked like when you signed the paperwork and got the keys and, and this thing became yours. Yeah, I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll take a half a step back before that. So this place was established by relatives that owned the shopping plaza at the time. And what their business model was, I, from what I understand, they owned 12 or 14 of these plazas all over, you know, probably over a hundred mile stretch of land. What they would do is they put one family member that owned the plaza, uh, I think it was an appointed nephew or such, such, in charge of the laundromat. And so it was cookie cutter. So all 12 or 14 of these plazas had each of them had a laundromat and this one specific individual was in charge of them. Now, what also what I understand is their flagship business was a furniture sort of store. So they got deals on basically residential machines, but with coin boxes on them. So if you can imagine <laughs> these, okay. these laundromats just, just loaded yeah, to the gills with, you know, top loaders and that's all they had in all dozen or so of these plazas um so that's sort of the origin story uh, around like 19 late 70s like maybe 1980 and a lot did not change it hadn't changed um now the previous owner sort of consolidated another store and he he did some things sort of moving it in the right direction with a couple four or five high capacity machines you know 40 pounders and such and he, he, to his credit, he did at some point decide to, you know, rebuild a dryer wall with, with modern dryers that were new. He, he took it quite a ways forward, but, um, you know, sort of I picked up and there were, there were still, you know, some top loaders. Um, like I said, it was not uh, hospital clean, gleaming clean. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, I think that's important. You know, I really think that what I've mentioned before um, in, in a Speed Queen sort of conversation with folks at, at, at Alliance was that I think there's a divergent school of thought. You know, I think there's the, the operators and the folks that want to continue to operate as they have for decades, where it's just sort of status quo and spend the minimal amount of money. But I think there's a new sort of class of owners emerging that understand the consumers, you know, of 2022 are much more demanding in terms of conveniences, in terms of cleanliness, in terms of, you know, just, just capacity of machines and payment options and, and all of the above. So I, I think, at least from what I see, you know, there's there's sort of two divergent schools of thought. And I'm, I'm definitely of the latter that I feel that folks, folks will vote with their wallets and they, you know, they will scrutinize businesses for, you know, cleanliness and conveniences. So uh, I'm trying to offer, you know, everything that I can. For sure. And so you get up, get in and you're in the business and obviously you, you've probably already got an eye on, eye on upgrading. What was the criteria as you looked at it and said, all right, I have a business, it's operating, I'm, I'm bringing in revenue, but I, it's not exactly operating the way I want to knowing that I want to leverage technology. You're a, you're a technology guy. You want to bring that, that component in to streamline it. What does that process look like for you as you consider what's out there? Yeah, as soon as I got through the door, I knew I had to do something because machines were dying and others were in disrepair and others hadn't been maintained. So being the rookie that I was and not knowing much uh, at all, uh, I'd started replacing machines of just new versions of the same type. And, you know, more time. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, soft mounts for soft mounts. Okay. Okay. Just check it. So, no. uh, although I, I, I had no choice. I, I kind of pulled my customers and they were basically of the opinion, you know, you'll, you'll pry this top loader from my cold dead hand. So, you know, I had one of them that was not working and one of them that was only working on a good day. So what I did is I figured it was short money and it would make people happy and it would sort of establish, just put my line in the sand and say, look, this guy's committed to improvements. So I did get two brand new top loaders just so okay. at least the ones there would be working reliably. Um, Which is helpful. <laughs> yeah. And, and that and that was well received. You know, I, I've got, you know, some older folks, some fixed income folks, and, and they looked at that and they were like, wow, this, this guy's, this guy's out to help us. So, um, and that was kind of, you know, what I wanted to project. So, so okay. I did do that. And then, and then my second phase was, like I said, I was, I was replacing, um, soft mounts with soft mounts. But as my friend and I worked on these machines and wrenched on them night after night, trying to get them, you know, at least up to a level that they were all working reliably, we thought to ourselves, you know, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be machines that will hold up better against the rigors of just, you know, abuse, like overloading and, and just day after day after day, you know, pounding on them. And, um, so we started setting our sights on, um, you know, hard mount machine. And then right about that time, uh, marketing started hitting, uh, advertising the, uh, the quantum touch controls. And, you know, I'm like, Hmm, you know, this, this could be a real competitive differentiator. And, um, so I went, I went that path. And what were there features to that control that, that you felt like were going to change the game for you? Absolutely. So I, you know, having a software background, if there's one lesson that I've learned, you know, um, being a part of a large engineering organization is when it comes to system integration, <laughs> there's a, really only one choice, right? If a company controls the whole platform and ecosystem from the firmware and the washers to the edge, meaning, you know, the customer app and everything in between, meaning the, the control systems and the network and the, and the back end and everything else, uh, it's really the only way to go. Because if, if you go to a third party, and you, there's a feature that you need or that you, you really, really want, your guess is as good as mine as to whether it'll ever really come to fruition. Third-party folks can promise and they can hope and they can kludge and they can hack. But, you know, when, when there's one sort of company that, you know, controls the whole everything from end to end, that's a guaranteed way to sort of implement whatever needs to be implemented. So uh, the first thing that struck me when I saw this being introduced is, you know, they kept control of their own platform, which is genius. So anything is possible, you know, the sky's the limit. So for me, that got the initial buy-in, the competitive differentiation, you know, the, the vant what the customer would see, they, they would see a store with technology that nobody else in the region had. And then selfishly, you know, being a guy that used to work with databases, you know, every day, um, for years, I saw the value of the telemetry, you know, everything that these machines record and report and, and can detect and can alert on. I'm like, yep, there's huge, huge value here. You can, you can start to build a foundation of a smart facility that, that can signal and message and, and detect different conditions and you can build upon that. So that's kind of what, what really lured me in. I get the sense this is like you were in the business, you liked it. And all of a sudden this technology came and the curtains opened up and you were like, oh, this is this is the stuff that I know. This is the stuff that I deal with. This is what I want. Sort of the, the eureka moment was I'm like, OK, now they're taking this industry where 
you know, it needs to be. And, um, you know, with that, <laughs> you, you can build a strong brand and a strong business and, and a store that basically screams, we intend to sort of serve the customer the, the absolute best way we can with the best tools. Yeah, absolutely. That, that definitely gets noticed by, by the folks that are coming in the door. I, I want to dive deeper into the technology aspect, but I do want to back up at least a second. You, you took a unique approach in that you retooled the laundry, but staged it out. So this, the laundry was never, never closed in between, correct? Like what did that process look like for you? That is correct. <laughs> my, my distributor made the mistake once of mentioning that, hey, we can do bolt down and, and turn up on the same day. So I've had them do that. <laughs> and, the, and the installation tech was like, he called he called back to the office three times uh, on my last installation and said, are you sure he's going to be ready? And they were like, he, he'll he be ready. You know, we know this guy, he'll he'll be ready. And the guy's like, in seven years, I've never gone out to a same day and, and they've been completely ready. And they're like, trust us. You, you, you haven't dealt with this guy. Just get out there. And, and the guy was impressed. He goes, I, he's like, I got to give it to you. I, I called dispatch three times and, you know, gave him an option to tell me, turn around. And when I got here, you had every, every hose hooked up and you had everything lit up. And he's like, you even, you know, had them on the network and, and ready to accept uh, cashless. So I did had to st- stage it out just because of I'm one guy and I'm independent and I'm sort of the sole investor in my own store. So it was sort of a budgetary constraint mm-hmm. and I wanted, and I wanted to let the data sort of drive me in terms of the machine mix. I mean, my distributors given me um, feedback and input and suggestions and recommendations based on what they see, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to gauge sort of customer buzz and you know, how, how much did it move the needle? So I, I started with three 60 pounders and, um, I had customers coming in using the 60 pounders, even though they weren't even close to needing that just because that was, that was the new technology. And I'm like, yep, you know, I'm onto something here. And the momentum has kept up pretty much ever since. Fantastic. So money, money well spent then. And of course I have to ask that uh, how high up did you go? Were were 60s the top or did you, did you go up in capacity higher than that? So um, the only thing, the biggest one that had been in that facility, there were three or four forties, and then they had a weird, they had an originator fifty, like a midsize, uh, and so sixties were the biggest that had ever been in my facility in its entire history, and coincidentally, it's the biggest that I can get through the door now. <laughs> when I renew my lease longer term. You know, if that goes swimmingly, I'm probably going to um, do what many other veterans uh, do and and recommend doing is put two 80s right inside the door and just blow people away, you know, when they come in. So that's that's sort of the future plan. But, um, yeah, I I now have a wall of 660s and and they they, get a tremendous amount of use. Okay, yeah, I figured you upgrade and, and the new equipment's in and it brings a ton of flexibility. Uh, Insights brings uh, a ton of flexibility, access to data. Tell me a little bit about how this impacts your your daily operations. What kind of features are you leveraging? What kind of data can't you live without? What um, How are you adapting the technology to fit what you want to do as a business owner? Well, you know, the, the sort of lowest hanging fruit was when I told my employees, you don't need to feed the washers with quarters anymore, you know, colored quarters anymore. They rejoiced. Um, so that was the 
you know, the first step. But when I showed them that they have visibility and even via the customer app, they have visibility to see what machines are available and how much time do they have left on them if they're being used. I, I tout that every day to my customers when they're sort of debating whether or not to use the app. I'm like, hey, you know, even if you don't use it to pay, you know, just sign up and, um, you know, because it gives you this visibility. So they, they love it um, and the employees love it. It, it is significantly streamlined our workflows. I mean, I get myself reports mailed each night after closing. One that's just sort of to know what the status of the coin vaults are so I can prevent any of them from, from filling up and the machine not sort of taking any further bends. And, um, and then I have a secondary report uh, mailed a little bit later at night, which is all the errors and diagnostic totals. I just think that's super handy because if something starts, you know, as a minor problem and sort of evolves to become something more major, um, you know, you got the slow fill, slow drain stuff, you know, so if you have plumbing issues that are creeping in that you have no idea about, you're going to start seeing trends with that. Coin mech errors, um, intrusion detection, leak detection, uh, power disruption, you know, network connectivity issues, it, all those are tallied each day and it gives you a count. So if, if you have something brewing, you'll start seeing non-zero numbers and then th- those numbers will get bigger and bigger and, and sort of escalate to more serious errors until, you know, the machine may, may be unusable. But um, I think that's tremendously valuable because you kind of know just the state of, you know, all the equipment. I know Touch offers a ton of flexibility as well with with special cycles and and uh, cycle modifiers. Are you leveraging anything within those realms? Yeah, um, folks. You know, it's pretty funny. I'm seeing an evolution of my customer as we educate them and as they get a chance to use the new equipment. So at first, I could see through you know usage numbers and revenue numbers that folks were clinging to that those last few you know, non-touch machines I have. And I'm like, this is so bizarre. Why would someone use an inferior machine? But I I think it was learning curve. I think it was intimidation, you know? Mm -hmm. But, you know, when people walk in the store, you know, they're like, wow, I've never used one of those before. I'm like, ah, it's a 15 second crash course. And after we show you, you know, once you'll be an expert. And then they relax a little bit and we show them. But it took a few months uh, for the momentum to shift so that now, you know, the legacy machines are, are the more rarely used and, and, and typically really only used for sure when all the touch machines are, are already taken. But it's been an evolution. And now I think I'm, I'm at a point where folks are getting curious about the cycle modifiers. Like at first it was just a screen they wanted to skip through because they're like, ah, more money? You know, forget this. But we have folks that come in with stuff that's stained and whatever. And I'm like, well, that's what the cycle modifiers are for. You can do a pre-soak. You can do a extra long wash. You once they realize that really what it is is an a la carte menu for total mm-hmm. customization, they're like, whoa. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, we're way beyond just the temperature fabric buttons here, you know, and they, they laugh. But, but I had a customer come in three weeks ago and she goes, you know, your place is the talk of the town. I was down at the there's a bookstore that sort of doubles as a, I guess, a breakfast cafe or a lunch cafe. And she goes, there were like there were townsfolk talking about the crazy washers at the laundromat and how they're all computerized now. <laughs> so she, she goes, normally I would never interject into, you know, public gossip or, you know, a public conversation. She goes, she goes, but I just had to. So I walked over and said, yes, I know Matt and the, all the folks there and they're wonderful. And, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I appreciate it. She goes, but, but rest, you know, she's like, I kid you not. There is a lot of buzz about 
your machines and, and what you're up to. So I, I think it's, I think it's very, you know, novel and uh, it, it's, 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 you know, it makes me proud <laughs> that folks are, are taking notice, but you know, the reality is, is that I guess we're serving our community well. And, and that, that's sort of the mission number one. So, right. Um, For sure. <laughs> it made me, it made me feel good inside. And, and I, now I have to ask, so what your, your community is, is rather rural than I take it. It, it is, but you know, so to give you an idea, the play Our Town, if you're familiar, yeah, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but the, the play Our Town was modeled after Peterborough, New Hampshire. <laughs> so, and it's very much, it's very much that way. You know, it's very much kind of everybody knows everybody, or at least everybody's family knows. You know, like so people know of you, even if you're not from there. And and you know, I have to warn young people when I hire them to work there. I'm like, now listen, you're going to be taken aback because just the 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 closeness and the rapport and how we interact very personally with our customers. I'm like, don't, don't be alarmed. And it's, and it's not shtick and it's not an act. I'm like, it's, it's very real. So those folks will come in and it's like, Hey, you know, how was your trip to Texas? You know, how, how are you, how's your business venture going over there? Is, when's the new baby going to get here? You know, this, so we know so much about our customers. We know if they're new to town, or if they live there their whole lives and sort of, you know, what the situation is as a broken washer, a, a well that's low because of the drought or whatever the case may be. And, and, you know, like I said, when I hire young people, they just, they, they kind of look at me like, are you kidding? Like, you know, their whole life story, like, it's the customer. And I'm like, this is, this is how we do it. And it lets us serve them better, you know? So when those, those newfangled high tech machines show up, it's, it's big news. Then it makes the coffee clutch at the, at the book. Oh, I'll tell you. So, so I kind of knew this and I got to jump on this. So I had everything scheduled. We had 13, 20 pounder touch getting installed in mid March. It got snarled with the the supply chain. So it, t- it took me 12 or 14 months to get them, but I knew what the date was. So I put a big poster in the window because it was one of the, it was one of the few times, I think only the second time that we've had impact during the day. I, all my other projects I schedule overnight. So there's zero customer impact and it's like okay. elves broke in and magically, you know, changed the place. But okay. uh so I put a big poster in the thing and said, please excuse our, you know, construction on, you know, March 16th and 17th as we attempt to improve our facility. And a couple folks knew that Speed Queen was going to send a film crew a few days after that to basically shoot the store. And so we kind of leaked that. We let certain customers know that. And there was a little bit of a crowd there when, <laughs> when the film crew was like interviewing me at, at a table and it was funny. It was like a big, you know, it was like, it was almost, you know, like, like shooting a, a, a episode of Sopranos at the laundromat. Like <laughs> there, there, there were people in the, in the back corners just kind of watching everything. It was great. And then, and then they have bragging rights around town. They're just like, Oh yeah, I was there the day they filmed. <laughs> it's like folklore at this point. It's, it's great. <laughs> Matt is the new Tony Soprano of Peterborough, New Hampshire. Uh, don't say that. <laughs> but, Forget about it. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, you, you, so you can paint this picture in your mind, right? That, that there were folks kind of lurking about and milling about just, for the excitement and it was it was great and then you know they come up to me i mean even to this you know even within the last month they'll just be oh i was here i saw it like i i saw them filming <laughs> so it's, it's did, great did you have to set up like uh like an autograph session somewhere then i mean oh no 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 we're not like that but okay all right but, uh, it, it's funny you know it's funny because we got a front page article in like the local little like businessy paper and um 
you know, they had to get permission to shoot, you know, the, the, the girl that works for me. And uh, so she was in one of the pictures and, and, you know, I mean, that's big, that's a big deal. So everybody in her town were like, you're the girl from the laundromat. (laughs) We saw the picture in the paper, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. (laughs) You can't, I love it. So for sure. Yeah. I mean, you put put a lot of time and effort into it. It's good. Good to read the rewards. Yeah. You also uh, do a, a pretty significant wash, dry, fold business. How does, I guess, number one, where are you drawing from? How, you know, in a, in a smaller community, it sounds like it's pretty significant. So where are you drawing that from? And then number two would be, how does that tie into the technology to make it easy? Yeah. So where we're drawing in from, like there were a couple small businesses that, um, so I pretty early on, I did a software upgrade that allow us to do um, pickup and delivery. And so for the small businesses that may have been on the fence, you know, about hiring a laundry service and hiring us to do their laundry, you know, that was sort of a game changer. So we got a bunch of calls and they're like, you guys do delivery? And we're like, yep. The second thing is, I think there's a major linen company in the area that I guess because of fuel prices or some other reason, they're reducing their service area. So they've notified a bunch of businesses in my area that, hey, you're going to no longer be in our service area. So I've had sort of an inrush of folks uh, come to me and be like, you know, can you, can you help us? And I'm like, yep, we're happy to help you. You know, we're here for you. And then lastly, we have the, a segment of individuals that, you know, there's, there's some young, presumably well-paid sort of bachelors, probably in, you know, tech jobs or creative jobs that, that make, and you can t- just tell from them that, that their least favorite chore in the world is laundry. So the minute they were, they made enough to <laughs> justify using such a service, you know, they, gladly and proudly come in and, and put their stuff on the counter for us to do. So we have, it's, it's a little cohort of probably half a dozen bachelors that uh, come in, you know, weekly or biweekly and happily hand over their, their laundry to us. So how has that process changed since you started with how, how has technology changed that process? I guess. Yeah. So like I said, upgrading um, the point of sale system and the software we use on that side, has really helped. And I, I have a relationship with that company too, that I help them. I, I submit feature requests and I, I submit bugs and stuff. And, and it's, it's that, you know, along many other, along with many other people that use it, but have helped evolve that product. And, and at this point, um, it, it's a pretty feature complete software application that we use for um, the wash, dry, fold, and dry cleaning side. For instance, it, it, it texts, the minute we check something in that's back from the dry cleaner or the minute we mark something as cleaned, uh, it fires off a text, you know, to our customer or it'll, it'll, it can do email too. But typically people love that because when they're just running around town, you know, they'll get a notification. They'll be like, oh, I'm only two minutes away from there. So they swing in and grab their stuff. So yeah, so from the customer side, like, you know, there also is a customer facing app on that point of sale. So they can look at all of our prices for everything and they can, they can initiate, you know, pick up requests or just check on the status of their orders. And, um, you know, they love, they love that. So on that side, it's greatly enhanced. Like I said, on the insight side, um, folks can see the availability of the machines when they're not even around. And because we're very close to two other sort of plazas, people tend to drop their laundry in and maybe run and grab a couple groceries or, 
you know, run a couple errands or even grab a snack or a lunch, you know, at a nearby eatery. And, and when they do that, of course, you know, insights can send them a notification when their cycle is done. So if they start to lose track of time, you know, they'll get notified and be like, oh yeah, my laundry's done. I got to get back over there. So, the, you know, they love those features and, and it certainly helps our customers know that either there are machines that available or that their, their laundry is done. Yeah. Mac- maximize your time. I mean, that no one, no one appreciates that showing up with a uh, baskets of laundry and having every machine occupied or since you've been in the business, what are the, like the three biggest things you've learned or maybe have been different than you imagined or better than imagined? What have been the biggest learnings for you? All right. So I, I, I thought about this a little bit and, um, one of them is that customers in the communities we serve, when we go the extra mile, they do appreciate it. And I've got, you know, sort of data points that that reinforce this time and time again. So it's sort of one of those things where getting in, you might not, you you hope, but you don't know for sure whether it's going, things are going to be well received. But, you know, having two and a half years to look back on now from, from the vantage point I'm at, um, I can tell you that when you, you know, at least in our case, you know, when we go the extra mile, the customers do very much appreciate that. Number two, just generally speaking, as an operator, preventative maintenance is always worth it. <laughs> I'll put that in there. <laughs> For um, sure. And I and I have yeah, I have almost a perfect you know laboratory control data for this because the guy that previously owned the store I bought continues to own a different store to this day. And um, you know when he's got issues, uh, you know, like I've done certain things preventative maintenance wise, and I don't have those issues, but but he does so. I am much happier, you know, doing the drains, doing the dryer vents, doing, you know, anything and everything that's sort of of a preventative nature just continues to help me, you know, operate uh, more efficiently and not inconvenience my customers. So, and then third, you know, taking from some application development background, just sort of a, a philosophy is, you know, failures are bound to happen. So, you know, fail fast, but, but learn from them and improve from them mistakes are bound to be made missteps are, are bound to be made but so just accept them but but the key thing there is you know learn from them and sort of course correct or you know improve around them just to try to ensure that they won't happen again so i would say those are the three big ones is there anything that you would change from the start you know it i'm the kind of guy that you know i would love my, my wife has to remind me constantly Rome wasn't built in a day. If, if it were up to me, I, I'd love to wave a magic wand and I would have loved to to put all new washers and dryers instantly in there overnight and just have redone the whole store. But, but the practicality is, you know, budgetary-wise, that would have been, you know, just beyond my capability. But um, mm-hmm. if I had to change anything, you know, in a perfect world, I'd just wave a magic wand and would have redone the store top to bottom in one shot. But in my case, that just wasn't possible if i could i would (laughs) building off of that what does the future look like for you in liberty laundry you know i i would love to get a second maybe a third store so you know if if opportunities present themselves you know i'd be looking to do that i i think that i i put together a recipe that kind of works and a and a team that kind of works and some processes and the tech of course so, you know, I'd like to repeat that and sort of ser- serve more customers and more communities as I can. I, I have a couple of folks that come in from a little bit ways away and they 
<laughs> they're like salespeople. She's like, you've got to come to this town and buy this store because it's miserable and I hate it. And it's, and it's close to my home. And I've seen what you've done here. And if you do that there, you're going to be, you know, hailed as, you know, the savior of laundry in this town. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'd love to, I have another guy that comes all the way from the Vermont border. He, he drives basically an hour and he goes after being here. He's like, I, I don't feel that any other place is clean. You know, I, I feel that my stuff might get dirty or going to going elsewhere. So he he's like Peterborough's got a lot of nice eateries and and all kind of cuisine and stuff. So he's like, so I just make a half day of it and I have lunch and I do my laundry and then I head back home. I'm like, hey man, I'm I'm glad to have you. You know, I'm like, <laughs> any way we can help, just let us know. So um, it's it's great, you know. And so I think I think I'd like to increase my footprint um, if and when I can. Has that been an eye opener for you? The fact that that people will drive that distance to, to use your laundry and people are passionate about, wow, this is amazing. Has that surprised you? You know, at the beginning, I, I was told point blank by the previous owner that, that now this is their words, not mine, but they said, no matter what you do, you cannot change who will come through that door. Now, I felt that I could, you know, I felt that statement was not accurate. I felt that I could do that, but I did not, to answer your question, I did not feel as though I would have any gravitational pull and take people from, you know, other sort of locations or, you know, service areas beyond mine. But yes, I was surprised, you know, every time I hear that. So give you one more example. We got a call from a police department that is not close to us and they were just livid with whoever their provider was. They were not happy. They felt, and later I confirmed that some of their items were not being washed properly um, per care instructions for the manufacturer. And, um, you know, they said, can you help us? And I looked at it and I'm like, well, I'd have to charge you, you know, X to, to come out all that way. So if that's agreeable to you guys. And they're like, we'll give it a shot. And I ran into that guy a week ago, um, the actual Lieutenant that convinced his chief to, you know, take us on as a service provider. And he goes, listen, man, <laughs> he goes, you guys have been perfect for us. I don't have one complaint, not one, not from anybody, not from me, not from anybody here. He goes, you guys are knocking it out of the park. And I'm like, that's what we want to hear that. That's what we aim for. So it's a little bit of a stretch for us service wise, but you know, to help them out and give them a service that they couldn't otherwise get and um, see to it that they're happy. It means everything. And it's, it feels good. There's a popular line that, that I hear frequently from people. Well, it's only laundry. And then you, you start to hear these types of stories and you see it's anything, but like, these are, these are game changers for people, right? Like being able to go do a laundry that's clean, being able to help someone out with it. Clearly, so, a so, yeah. So, to give you the real, you know, detail around this particular scenario, the previous provider was incorrectly washing their tactical vests that hold their bulletproof plates that save their lives. I kid you not, right? I called the manufacturer and got the information directly from them, and when I reported this to the guy that was contemplating, you know, taking us on that Lieutenant, I said, Hey, um, I did my, did the homework. I called the manufacturer in Florida, verified that, that this is how they should be you know, processed. And the guy goes, you did that. And he's, I'm like, yep. And he's like, and they were doing it wrong. And I'm like, sorry to say yes. And he was like, you're our guy. You know, he's just like the fact that the other people couldn't be bothered and, and you picked up the phone, you know, it's a sort of thing where, 
you cannot use like fabric softener and you cannot use certain things because it weakens, it literally weakens the, you know, the straps and, and the things that hold the, the, the ballistic plates. And uh, so, I mean, it's serious, you know, to your point, it's very serious business. It's, you know, life preserving of first responder, serious business. It doesn't get more serious than that. So. Wow. Oh. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's got to feel good. I mean, it, you, again, you think about this idea. Well, it's only laundry until you have a story like that where you go, we're making a difference. Yeah, we, ha- we had a woman, one of the first uh, individuals to call about pickup and delivery. We had this woman she called and I got a voicemail. Uh, it was off hours. We were closed. It was at night. I called her back. She explained to me, she goes, uh, I, you know, I'm in my 70s and I recently had serious surgery performed. I was in the hospital for weeks. She said, uh, I called one of these, you know, online hub link service quest, you know, whatever services that supposedly can find you any service that you need at home. She said they, they and everybody they recommended wouldn't even return my call. I said, well, Connie, let me think about this. Let me talk to my delivery driver. Let me put together a price to come all that way. I said, I, I can't promise much, but I will promise I will, re- you know, I will give you that information by this time tomorrow morning. And I called her back and she was just happy that I called her back. But as it turns out, we were able to work with her. We, we serve her to this day. So it's been two years, roughly two years. And uh, she loves us when she needs us. We, we go out there and we, we get all of her stuff because she cannot lug her, you know, the weight of her laundry to her local laundry room, which I think is on like a second or third floor, you know, upstairs or whatever. She, she just can't, it's, you know, not possible so the fact we we show up you know we even you know go into her living room and grab the heavy bags and stuff and and take them she's she's overjoyed with us so awesome you know to your point yeah you know we are making it we feel that we are making a difference and we're told that we are so um it feels great very cool very cool you're doing a lot of a lot of things right matt that's great to hear thank you so much for joining us Uh, this has been an education it's always great to hear from owners that are doing fantastic things in the communities and and you're definitely doing that. So thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks Randy. It's been a pleasure. This has been great. Fantastic. And we'll hopefully you'll join us next time for another episode of laundromat insights podcast.